Can you believe the NFL fantasy season is already halfway over? The only thing ending faster is Adam Gase's career. Boots and I can talk hits, misses, and the process of making your picks preseason. Before the season, those picks required spreadsheets and graphs, but now those picks require copious beer and Twitter rants. Enjoy! Hello, everybody. I'm Boots. And I'm Iken. How are you doing today? I'm all right, man. How are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm good. Uh, that game last night, it sucked. That was terrible. It was really bad, especially as an owner with a lot of exposure to Calvin Ridley. Uh-huh. I was, it, um, yeah. In baseball, I have so much Calvin Ridley, so I, I'm right there with you. You know, I'm so scared going forward. But, uh, you know, it was so weird. I, I, I felt like I, I, across all my leagues, I had at least exposure on both sides of the ball in every league, but like four or five guys, right? Like, I was against Matt Ryan. I had Matt Ryan. I was against Teddy Bridgewater. I had Teddy Bridgewater. You know, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Hayden Hurst. It was like everybody... You know, did you did you have that at all, or is it just me? Uh, no, I honestly, I have Julio in like one spot. Uh, honestly, I really didn't take too much of Carolina almost at all this year. I did not expect them to be doing what they're doing this year. I don't think anyone really had much faith in them, um, and I also was kind of dubious about. Atlanta in general so I just kind of kind of I really just kind of gravitated towards the playmakers that I knew would you know be productive pretty much no matter what I mean outside of that though like I I really limited my exposure I think really because I was able to get Kelvin Ridley more or less in like the fifth in one league even I mean that's just outstanding value and I just couldn't pass it up at that point but I mean outside of that like I'm not a couple spots right so Mm -hmm. um and, and I will say about the game, too, um, in, in kind of relation to the, the Buffalo KC game, it was pouring mm-hmm. rain. Um, and I know you and I, we watched the Buffalo KC game together. Yep. And I mean, we saw there was a lot of um, you know, symptoms of underperformance in pouring rain. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Uh, and I yeah. think that that also kind of carried over into this game. And so I think that's a big reason why. We're kind of a little bit disappointed with the outcome there. Yeah, I mean, I think that when we were we were keeping track of that weather, you know, you know, consistently, everyone was talking about it and saying, "Oh, the weather's going to be a factor. It's going to be a factor." And then it wasn't right. Like towards towards like an hour before the game, people were like, "Eh, it's not going to be that bad." And it. I don't think that the weather was as bad as I was expecting. Earlier in the week, they were like, it's going to be hurricane weather. It's going to be so bad. And then it wasn't. Um, so, yeah, in that sense, like, I, I probably over-adjusted to the weather and then didn't adjust fast enough back, right? I, I, I really was hammering the running backs that game and avoiding the wide receivers because of the weather. And had I made that counter adjustment, there's a really good chance I end up on Calvin Ridley because I like those cheaper guys. Yep. Um, and and I obviously just didn't didn't adjust back because of the new weather reports that it wasn't going to be that bad. But uh, yeah. Anyway, let's get into it. Let's get into the Discord week in review. <laughs> 
So first, DK has once again taken over the Keeper Dynasty talk channel with the saga of his taxi raid. While he was able to capture the audience's attention and maintain the suspense, the drama, and excitement during the process, he ultimately went with the way of FM's Discord Survivor series and left the audience sad and disappointed. <laughs> that's that's pretty true. <laughs> it, it was so exciting. We were all sitting there. He's like, he's gonna get two. He's gonna get two, and then he didn't. <laughs> oh, I know. I was I was disappointed. It it, it it felt very reminiscent of the Survivor series. Reddit leagues, man. Uh, yeah, Never. Uh, right. Reddit anything really. <laughs> In other news, reports have surfaced of a blurry but distinct outline of the expansion of the Discord website. A name tag was seen hanging from the site, but even with CSI photo enhancement, experts were unable to decipher the writing. Cries of, the prediction command will forever be disabled, were heard as it scurried back into the depths of Chris's calendar. Yeah, uh, we talked about it last week, bothering Chris. It's my national pastime, right? Um, you're much more courteous than me. Uh, I would imagine Chris's calendar is very full. <laughs> I, I think especially right now, we, we, we did discuss it a little bit uh, the other day, and uh, he kind of gave me a little bit of an idea into it. But I, I think something's on the horizon, so I, I, I believe these reports, actually. I interesting. This is not a tinfoil hat thing? I don't think so. I don't think we need to be worrying about uh, homosexual frogs anytime soon. So, <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my co-host, Iken, actually, you're the news this week. You oh, lost man. a profile picture bet for the week. We thought the shame of losing to JN was bad enough, but little did we know that the picture itself would be the ultimate punishment. Mm. Iken attempted to dispute the picture, stating that he did not want to represent someone so despicable. I just didn't know you hated Little Wayne that much. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, can you blame me? I mean, just <laughs> look at what he's been doing lately. It's ridiculous, but you know, I don't want to break any more rules. I don't even know if it even applies here, but you know what? Discord rules apply in the podcast, Icon. <laughs> I think I think you're right. I think I will respect that. Um, so we'll move on. Yeah, it was pretty bad though. Like I don't know why I took Carolina. That was that was not I, the move. I've, I've almost made profile picture bets of games that I wasn't confident in just because I was like, I haven't done a profile pick bet this year. Um and I I'm glad I haven't because I've been wrong a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's my first and my last this year, so there it is. Smart man. <laughs> and speaking of rule breaking, I've been getting another report from our uh, from our field reporters that the mods have been stocking up on exotic drinks such as white stouts and rare scotches in preparation for the upcoming 2020 general election. Chris was available for comment, but the sound of furious typing drowned the recording out. Mike declined to comment, but has been reported as sharpening his hammer in preparation for the wave of bands. Noro could not be reached as he apparently retreated into a Lord of the Rings extended edition rewatch marathon until all the cast is settled. Showing the mods mean business, our very own Boots received a penalty and was muted for several minutes in addition to attaining the Saka role for 30 seconds. Now we do have conflicting reports about these events and uh, if they're related or not. Boots, do you care to comment? 
my lawyers have, for the most part, advised me to not comment on this matter. Although I will say I am not a crook, um, and I did nothing wrong. And down with Chris. Down with Chris. Uh, Operation Overthrow Chris is uh, is still in the works, and uh, stay tuned. I feel like these lawyers were paid for by that sham company that you, for some reason, associate yourself with, and you know, uh, secondhand listen, suits can... and driving Pintos. Listen, don't tell anybody, right? Um, but I may be an informant for the IRS regarding dude DK Locks and Company. Well, that's going to have to be a special report for another day because I think we have some. I think we have. I think we're going to get to our main topic here and start talking about our mid-season review and take a look at where we got things right, where we got things wrong, and where we kind of, uh, you know, had a few surprises. So, yeah. Boots, why don't you start us off here? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just looking at things right now from a process perspective. I'm thinking about, you know, what could have led me to the people that did work and what could have warned me about the people who didn't, right? Um, the first one that kind of, uh, you know, sort of pops off to me is the main D running back to talk about is obviously James Robinson, right? Um and he's obviously been phenomenal. Like he is the running back two right now, or something like that. Three. Um, he's RB three right now and half PPR. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So he's been so productive, and you got him for free. Basically, I mean, he was going in like the fourteenth, fifteenth, and you know, free agent basically. Mm-hmm. So I mean. Obviously, I'm trying to think from a process perspective what could have led us there. A lot of people were higher on, say, like Chris Thompson because they were saying, oh, you know, it's, you know, Jay Gruden, he's going to Jacksonville. Jay Gruden loves Chris Thompson. So it yep. seemed like Chris Thompson was going to be the guy. But I mean, let's be honest here. We knew that Chris Thompson was never a bell cow back. He's never done that in his life. He's not capable of being healthy enough to do that in his life. So then, like, okay, who was the next guy up? And we thought, I don't going to butcher his name, Dare Ugenbwale, I believe. He was another one people were looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe if you were, like, usually, like, only Dynasty people were looking at, like, Ryquel Armstead or something like that. But... I think from a process perspective, an argument can be made to when we have a questionable backfield where there's no real back, just get the cheapest one. Um, I think that's the biggest process, you know, sort of lesson we can learn here. If we don't know, get the cheapest one. Um, Just like, like, you know, I'm not sure that we knew that Antonio Gibson was going to be the guy. I don't remember if we absolutely knew that, but maybe like JD McKissick, like is a good example of like, yeah, it didn't really work out, but like that would have been another example. Cause I'm not sure that we knew that Antonio Gibson was the guy, but that's my thoughts on James Robinson. I just think if we can take this from a learning perspective that we look at this and we go, if we don't know, just get the cheapest one. Yeah. So I'll actually contend that the, the Washington football team backfield example is actually kind of a bad one. And the reason was because the main guy, uh, guys, I mean, I think, I think that he got hit with being released like very shortly before the season. I, at least I want to say, I don't have it in front of me cause I didn't, I wasn't prepared, but I want to say that it happened 
pretty shortly right before the season was going to start and it didn't and a lot of people had already drafted by that point so it's I mean yes it was already murky going into it sure um, Antonio Gibson had a lot of hype going up with him but you know so did guys so does love even to a point yeah. I mean love love didn't have his setback at that point so there was a lot of shares of love that were going on I mean hey I'm I have love in Dynasty. I have since last year. Uh, I still am a believer. I mean, Antonio Gibson is really great. No, I think nobody saw the McKissick thing really coming because, I mean, he's been pr- really productive even regardless. So, I mean, the pro- I, don't, I don't know if there is a process that could have foreseen what's in Washington football team's backfield, but I think, I think your process holds true with Jacksonville insofar as, as as soon as you have those reports coming out of you know that murky backfield and then Raquel Armstead, we, we thought he was just going to be gone for a little while. So, oh, well, let me just grab this like undrafted mm-hmm. free agent because he's basically free. And so that makes sense, right? Because then you have a situation where you have a ton of upside in a situation where I, I'm, I'm reasonably certain that uh, they were going to be utilizing whatever running back that they had as not quite a bell cow, but you know, pretty close to it, we kind of had it, our suspicions that Chris Thompson was going to do Chris Thompson things, and mm-hmm. he's he still kind of does. Uh, but even still, that doesn't that, that that's not changing the out the um you know the outcome here, and it, it it's still a little bit mind boggling because you look at who mm-hmm. he's over top of. He's over top of Zeke. He's over top of Delvin Cook. Uh, he's over top of Kareem Hunt. And Aaron Jones, um, that's really impressive considering it's on Jacksonville, and everybody had all but written off Jacksonville. Well, it, and I'll add. I mean, you make a great point. It's Jacksonville. We're talking about a very bad team. They're losing games. If you tell me that we have a guy that's the running back three on a team that's like one in six, there's no way I'm believing you. But here we are. Right. Well, he's proved to be a competent um, running back in general. He's got okay hands, uh, and I think it helps a lot too that, I mean, Minshew probably feels a little bit of pressure uh, given that he he feels his job kind of slipping out from between his fingers. I, I, I think sometimes he just gets some desperation moves, and you know, thank goodness for him that James Robinson is – a pretty decent back and has been able to perform uh, despite the fact that maybe Minshew is underperforming. You know, I don't really do you think. I, do you think that Minshew is uh, going to start for the rest of the year? Well, that's interesting. So Mike Lennon is terrible. Yes. It's awful. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, even in the, well, what was he? Was he in the AAF or the XFL? I can't remember. I think it was AAF, right? I don't remember. He was in one he's, of those. Anyway, I think he's, he's so insignificant to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's terrible. Um, just fade to the back. Now, now Luton is an interesting prospect, but I, I mean, yeah. I, is, is is he is he ready for NFL? I mean, so he put up a really impressive year right before he came into the league. Right, really impressive. Came out of Oregon State. Um, I, I mean, there's a reason why he's drafted. There's a reason why he's signed to a team. Um, so perhaps the year at Oregon there. State wasn't that great, to be clear. It just no. had a great TD inter- interception ratio. <laughs> well, 
Right. So I mean, but the but the point is, is that it's 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 he's capable. He got drafted for a reason. You're right. He got drafted for a reason. You're you're right. I I I understand. And I mean, you 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 look at what he's got to work with. I mean, he's got a pretty good wide receiver core to work with. He's got a pretty decent running back. Maybe his line's not the best, and the defense is not going to be the ones that are going to be helping him win the game. So. Maybe if he takes some notes out of uh, out of uh, Minshew's book and chucks it down the field and is a little bit more <laughs> gunslinger, but then does it with more precision, does it with a little bit more smart, you know, maybe you could see him do and have some success in that respect. Um, but, you know, if he comes out there and just totally flubs it, I, I mean, yeah, I think you're going to see Minshew coming back right after he heals a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest, and I was a big Minshew guy coming into this season. I'm just gonna say he doesn't he doesn't pass the eye test for me this year. Um, he I don't know what the deal is, but he just doesn't look like he can get the ball down the field. One of the criticisms that I keep seeing is that he doesn't have NFL arm strength. I don't know that I necessarily think that that's true, but I will say he he really just doesn't look like an NFL quarterback. He looks up uh, he looks okay. He looks like fine and everything i just don't think he's going to be winning you any games he's like a better blake bortles really i mean honestly (laughs) let's be honest here um moving on to somebody else and this goes back to my theory of buying in to um uh running back committees that are um just buy the cheapest guy if there's a murky situation buy the cheapest guy Mm -hmm. and that just brings me over to Daryl Henderson, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Malcolm Brown was probably cheaper, but I never thought Malcolm Brown was ever going to be the guy. I always thought it was going to be Cam Akers or it was going to be Daryl Henderson. So, yep. um, Daryl Henderson, he was the cheapest guy. He was the cheapest guy I thought had a chance. And for the most part, he, he looked good. I would yes. say Daryl Henderson passes the eye test when he's getting a lot of snaps. Absolutely. He's looked good. Um, I'm happy about him. I'm a little sad because at the beginning of the season, I was pretty high on Akers. Um, but obviously, I have Henderson. I had Henderson in every league I think I'm in this year at least once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, he really does pass the eye test. I, I was shocked when I saw him take the field, especially against Buffalo. I saw him take the field. He looked electric. He's quick. He's agile. He's just explosive. I was like, where was this last year? Because You know that's the best game he's ever had against Buffalo? That was the best game he's ever had. I mean, I'm not surprised. But I don't want to get into it. <laughs> but anyway, no. I And I mean, who could have seen that coming? I mean, I guess you probably could have looked at his production in college. I mean, he's coming out of Memphis, and we all know that they they that's what they do. They produce good running backs. And because we're definitely a real podcast, and we definitely have real podcast needs, relax, pop a beer, and we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Fantasy team stuck in jail and can't pass go? Are you tired of being a Spaniard in Ice Main or a Brando? Busty Bud here with another fantastic product, the Trade Machine. The Trade Machine is systematically designed to wear down your league mates with enough offers to make them punch a woman in an Atlantic City hotel elevator. Our patented AI known as Dotson uses irrelevant chatter to emasculate your opponent, degradingly challenging their manhood with comments such as, 
some Patriots fan you are, as well as you get three starters for one. And who could forget the classic? I will Venmo you $50 right now if you just accept the trade. Who cares? It's a free league. The trade machine is guaranteed to single-handedly drain your data plan along with siphoning away your productivity at work and love from your family. Call now to get our bonus free guide to getting cheated badly out of a trade known as Rule 19.1. Side effects might include loss of respect, mild annexation, constant eye rolls, crippling disappointment, and acquiring Damian Williams for Aaron Jones. The trade machine is not sold in Tennessee, Kentucky, Fat Shack, or Camden, New Jersey. Let's 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 move on to another person. We talked about a lot of running backs. Let's talk about a wide receiver. Um, okay. The one that pops out to me the most as just the the biggest disappointment. There's a few that have like been, you know been injured and stuff, and that's not fair for me to sit there and be like Michael Thomas sucks because he's injured. It's like that's not totally fair to Michael Thomas or Slant Boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, Juju Smith Schuster. Mm. Um, hmm disappointing um and well, from a process perspective what what do you think could have led us to this do you think well and that and that was actually part of my process and and that's why i have zero exposure to juju mm-hmm. is that my my process led to the fact that he was underperforming last year without i mean in the presence of ab I feel like AB was, you know, absorbing all of the attention, and Juju was able to capitalize on that. I feel like he's forever an RB or like a wide receiver too. Um, and I, the writing has been on the wall. The writing was on the wall for a year. I don't know. I, I anyone who drafted him expecting wide receiver one numbers out of him, I think he's going in the fourth. There's way more. There's way more wide receivers I'd rather have where he was going. Um, for example, either the Seattle. <laughs> uh, wide receivers, right? Um, yep. I mean, Stefan Diggs was going in the fifth. I mean, he's way above. Uh, Stefan Diggs is way above them. Uh, so no, I, I, I mean, I, I'm with you. And the the process, in my opinion, was it was really self evident based on last year. And mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah, sure, Ben was coming back, and maybe that's what some people were thinking. Like, oh well, it was because Ben was gone, and Ben you know, had that thing with, with Juju the year before and like all these other rookies he, Ben didn't have a connection with. I don't know. I just didn't see J, uh, Juju as, as as awesome of a person as he is, right? Yeah. There's no Great there's no points given for being such an awesome guy. Yeah. I, I completely agree. You know, Juju is an awesome guy if you've never like seen his videos and stuff. He's, he's pretty funny. Um, you know, heavily involved in charity and whatnot. Great guy. But there were warning signs. You're absolutely right. There was questions of, oh, well, you know, Ben's coming back. And it was like, well, it's, it's, it was weird because we were all sitting there going, there's so many wide receivers on that team that were exciting. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Juju Smith-Schuster. And maybe if you were a little, you know, spicier, James Washington, right? But I was never convinced that Ben could sustain all of those guys, right? And now we're sitting there in a situation where all three of those guys, the main ones, not James Washington as much, look great. Like Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson are electric. Yes. Yep. So, like, there were warning signs. And you can't tell me that, you know, the whole Ben coming back thing, you know, was like 
you know, wasn't like a sort of uh, indicator, right? Because Deontay Johnson looked good um, with uh, with Mason Rudolph for a little bit there, right? Like Deontay Johnson was able to perform at like a decent level at times with Mason Rudolph. So I, I'm not exactly convinced that we didn't know that there were some warning signs with Juju. Um, so who else, who's one player that's really performed above expectation for you then? Oh, uh, I mean, without question, Will Fuller. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I expected him to be, to be hurt by this point. Honestly, I'm, (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's a, it's funny. It's a joke, right? But at the same time, literally everyone studied the moon cycles. You haven't even studied the moon cycles. (laughs) I, I, you know what? I, I actually, I, I effing love that. I I love that. That's a thing. I love that. It's a meme. And it's actually true. It's like it's ridiculous. Um, talk yeah. about talk about ridiculous statistics and just correlation <laughs> where it, it doesn't actually happen, right? But um, I mean, I, we could talk forever on Will Fuller. I'll let you say something about him. But I got one more guy. Okay. I mean, I was obviously high on Will Fuller this year. Um, I, you know, the way I drafted this year was. I went with reliable wide receivers. When I got my reliable wide receivers, I grabbed Will Fuller because in my mind I was thinking Will Fuller is either going to be awesome and he's going to be a league winner or he's going to be nothing and it doesn't matter because I got my reliable wide receivers. You were getting them in the sixth round, right? You should, have, I, In my opinion, you should have at least three or four wide receivers before the sixth round. And so you were getting him as a really high upside guy. And if he worked out, you were going to do really, really, really well. So I was really high on Will Fuller. I knew that if he played a healthy season, that he was going to be very, very, very productive. And I, I people will say, oh, you didn't know that. No. No, I've been preaching this for the past six months that Will Fuller was a league winner if he was healthy. He looks like a stud RB1 out there. I'm so sad to have traded him away. I did do it. A few people had seen that. I traded Will Fuller away for Tyreek Hill. Um, Maybe that was a lateral move. We'll see. But uh... I think, well, if if you want my honest opinion, I'm pretty sure. You didn't like it. You didn't like it, right? I didn't like it because I didn't want you to... Well, there's <laughs> other reasons. We'll put it that way. You don't want me to win. <laughs> uh, well, undecided on that undecided. one. Undecided. But, but the point is, is that I'm not, I, I don't really want to show favorites. I, I feel like everyone should have an equal chance there. But um, <laughs> anyway, you asked me who else. Um, I'm going with Colt Beasley. Uh, like, okay. Easily. Um, so he is the number 22 wide receiver, 0.5 PPR. Number 22. He is up in wide receiver two territory. Uh, and, I mean, he puts up, what, at least 12 points a game, something like that. I mean, he's kind of your definition of the wide receiver two, but with wide receiver one upside because, I mean, he catches touchdowns every once in a while. Especially when, when Josh was really hot. I mean, that he, you know. John Brown being out really helped him out. Uh, here are some of the people that he's performing over right now that were drafted above him. Uh, Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juju. Yep. Chark. Yeah. Hollywood Brown. Yep. Michael Gall- Gallup. 
Uh, Curtis. Oh, not Curtis Samuel. My bad. <laughs> um, Julian Edelman. Yep. Now, it, it, this is my thing about Cole Beasley. Um, you know, you were when you were drafting him, you were never drafting a league winner, but you were drafting him as a guy that you knew had this kind of solid floor and this decent TD upside, right? But I think I think if you drafted him, you got that and more, right? He yeah. has been very reliable, right? Like if you're sitting there and Cole Beasley is like your wide receiver four on your team, that's so nice. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you don't need Cole Beasley. If he's your wide receiver for it, you don't need Cole Beasley to have a 30-point game. You need him to do exactly what he does, and that's gets you 15 points. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I think if you have him, you're pretty happy about that. Like, especially for the price that he was and everything like that. Yeah. No, I mean, not not a league winner, but he's definitely not going... Well, he, he you know, very well could be a league winner, but... Um, if you're going to win a league, I'm not exactly convinced it's because of him, but he's definitely a reliable guy, and I think that those are important. Um, so, and, and I guess relating it back to the process, right? Like, what's the process that would lead you to getting him at that value? So the process was, in 2019, his first year in Buffalo, he had 106 targets. Mm-hmm. Um, he was putting up, uh, uh, he put up, a total of 150 fantasy points. Um, so I, I'm not convinced that there was a process to get you there. I'm not convinced personally because we have Stefan Diggs come in and we were sitting there going, is Josh Allen, you know, there's that question about Josh Allen, right? That, that was the ultimate question in the end. And Josh Allen took a major step forward, right? Like he looks like a great passer now and now he's passing more. And, we're also talking about a situation where John Brown has been injured most of the year. And so I'm not exactly convinced that there is a process related thing that gets you in, in, in August to Cole Beasley, because you would have had to have known that Josh Allen was going to step up and you would have had to have known that John Brown was going to get hurt. Right. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll bite. Um, John He's Brown. still awesome. I still like the guy. I want so to make that clear. If if I suppose I can see how you would be completely thrown off of the process, right? Because I mean, I'll, I'm not going to lie. I, I I was by and large as well. I only really grabbed Cole Beasley in some of the the deeper leagues I'm in. However, yeah. he even the last year, like Josh didn't look that good last year. He still mm-hmm. he still put up good numbers. Even last yeah. year, he had tons of targets. He had tons of receptions. I, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just I'm just simply pointing out that the the addition of Diggs in the off season made it feel like he was going to get less targets. I can see that. I, I okay. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll concede that to you. And I guess hindsight, it's it's so easy to see it in hindsight. I mean, yeah. I guess that's what we're trying to avoid, right? Like, what is the? Yeah. That's what we're trying to say. Like, objectively, what was the process? And yeah. I mean, I think that this was honestly people were just kind of looking at Josh Allen and just kind of discounting it. Like, we knew that he was going to work on his game in the offseason. Yeah. I mean, like, who doesn't? But, of course. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, I don't think that we saw we, – we were expecting what we were, what we were getting here. Um, and, I mean, in order to put that in context of how we should look at that and process going forward, uh, I think – 
you know, I think it bears looking at again. Can jo- Josh Allen can sustain three mm-hmm. receivers, um, at least when he's, you know, playing well, at least in those first four games. I mean, he was borderline supporting four. Yeah. So, um, you know, is that going to be – that's that's not sustainable. I mean, probably not sustainable anyway. I shouldn't say mm-hmm. it's not, but probably not sustainable. So, I mean, can, can you – can you take any process lessons from this? Like, can, like I'm asking, I'm asking you, can you take any process lessons from this? Um, I'd have to really put some thought into it. I really would. I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, I'm not sure that there was a pro a true process related thing that would have told us that Josh Allen was going to take a step up and, that because he, he the things that he improved on were things that generally people just don't improve on right his accuracy got better um not just like interception rates and things like that but like he straight up was developing as a better passer which is just kind of something that doesn't really usually change that much right generally guys get better at reading defenses and things like that and leading offenses but he straight up became a better passer which was really weird um so let, let, let let's slowly wrap up on this topic give me mm-hmm. give me your three biggest surprises this year biggest Ooh, surprises three biggest surprises um I can start if you'd like, because I have. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, for me, uh, Ronald Jones. Uh, not only I, I'm going to go ahead and say it, Ronald Jones has looked good. I don't yep. care what anybody says. Uh, some people are going to disagree with me on that. Ronald Jones has looked good as a running back. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's going to start splitting it with Leonard Fournette, but he looks good in my opinion. I test. Um, Eye test. He passes the eye test. Uh, next one. Next one that's really awesome. Tyler Lockett. Freaking wide receiver one to the <laughs> stars, y'all. Let's go. <laughs> uh, but he's not, though. I know. He's 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 like wide receiver three or something. Well, he Be needs quiet. to play one more game. Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> um, uh, and then uh, next biggest one. I, I feel like it's a cheat to say like James Robinson or something like that. I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to, I talked about this quite a bit publicly, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I'm not convinced there was a process related thing that would have pointed to Aaron Rodgers this year. Um, I totally was, agree with you there. Those are my three. Those are my three. Okay. So uh, my three are first and I, I guess just kind of a meta thing. Uh, these rookies. Amazing. Oh, Absolutely yeah. amazing. I I never I never would have thought that that was going to be a thing. I don't know that there's NFL any ready. NFL no. ready. I and that was that was in one of our first podcasts. We we talked about that and how mm-hmm. their eye test was was showing us that like hey, they look NFL ready. So that's yep. one. Uh, number two is um, I'm just so sorely disappointed in the the Rams uh, receiver core in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I'm like that's a, that's I knew a that was your surprise. big one. I knew that was your big one. Big surprise! I totally whiffed on that one. That was I. I had such high hopes, and I mean, I thought that I thought for sure that the depart that Brandon Cooks departing would obviously leave a ton of work for and it didn't. So I whiff, I totally whiffed on that one. Um, and then I th- I think number three is is going to be the just kind of the the tight end situation i mean if you didn't grab number one number two or number three uh 
you're kind of just left in the dust. It's a wasteland. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, I mean, I guess that, I guess there is some process that actually points to that being true and that mid-round TEs typically underperform and are not worth the draft picks. But normally you can get late-round TEs that will at least put together some sort of production so that you can stream them or at least, you know, like take them for a little while, blah, 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 right? But Johnny Smith, nothing. tight end one to the stars. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> And that that's true, but even in games where he's been healthy, he's yeah, he's like he's had some nothing. duds. He's had some duds. the The last two games were duds. Yeah, I mean, come on. Well, he was hurt. He was hurt in that time too. Is that, he still hurt? He's still hurt against Pittsburgh and Houston. He was not hurt on on those game those games. No, was he was he? hurt against Houston, and then I think he was limited going into Pittsburgh. Oh, that's when it was. Okay, for some reason, I yeah, thought it was because. Because okay. Fisker came in against Houston, and that's when he put up a 25-point game. Well, and the, wild and so, game. Yeah, and so that's kind of really interesting is that Ferkser was definitely um, uh, you know, a good replacement. And so I guess that kind of shows that your process, it doesn't matter who's really a TE. As long as they're <laughs> halfway decent in Tennessee, they're going to get red zone looks. Or you're so Robert that, Tanyan and you do somersaults into the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, you, again, we're trying to we're trying to relate it all to a process, right? So that's a that's a good yeah. thing to know going forward is that Tannehill likes his tight ends in the red zone, and yep. if you got good ones like Smith and Ferkser, you can probably get away with some sort of streaming. So those uh, are yeah. my three. Yeah, yeah, I like those. Uh, one thing I'm going to point out, Calvin Ridley. We didn't mention him. Uh, he's awesome. He's overperformed in every sense. I know we talked about him a little bit at the beginning. His x-rays are looking good, everybody. It's okay. My best ball teams are still alive with my like 35% Calvin Ridley ownership <laughs> in best ball. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's let's wrap this up here. Give me, give me some quick QB and DST streamers. Let's start with quarterbacks. Give me your two quarterbacks for the week. All right. My two quarterbacks, and don't laugh at me too hard. Uh, yep. So... I'm gonna laugh Actually, again, I, I kind of love I kind of love Philip Rivers this week. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And believe me, I'm not a I'm not a Rivers guy at all. I kind of like the matchup. I kind of feel like there's an opportunity that there that there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. So I think that there's there's a chance. Now, is he the best streamer? No, but. You know, in the event that you are in a league where people like hoard the crap out of QBs, he's worth a look. Now. Totally left field. I'm sorry. Did you want to say something about Rivers? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think I agree with you. He's got a great matchup. But that okay. that's all I'm going to agree on. <laughs> I, I know. But, I mean, you look at look at some of your choices. And, I mean, I, I know he hasn't put up big games in a long time. But He just so, came off a good game, didn't he? Well, right? He just had a good one, right? And it's pretty good. It's, it's good for Rivers. Anyway. Yeah. Rivers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, here's my totally left field one. Uh Fuck it. Danuki. Whatever. You never know, man. Look, there's, I, again, there's beat reporting and then probably players. Know. Beat reporters and players saying, like, oh, he's just chucking it down the field. Hey, man, you know, if you're in a desperate situation, I mean, what have you got to lose? Just throw him in there and maybe he puts up a 30 point game. Maybe he puts up a five point game. But I mean, if you're in a desperate situation, fuck it. Just do it. Um, 
And he's going to be there, free. There's ones I dislike. There's ones I hate more than that. I'm okay with Tanuki. If you're desperate, it's fine. I think I agree. It's a total gamble. I mean, it's 100% a gamble. I, I've I've never watched a guy throw a pass in my life. I have no idea what he did in college. <laughs> I have no idea about any of this stuff, right? But you have three good wide receivers. You have good offensive weapons around you. If you can at least get it in the area of them, he can maybe make he can maybe look good because he's got good players around him. That's my rationale, and I'll I'll, I'll leave it at that. I think he's gonna get sacked six times. Um, <laughs> oh, that's so, all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so my I have two this week too. Uh, I have Drew Lock versus the Chargers. Um, I like Drew Lock this week. I'm gonna have him a bit in in, uh, in some DFS lineups. Um, I know he hasn't been what we thought he was and everything. He's been hurt, but even then, he just hasn't looked that great. But this is a great matchup for him, and I guarantee that he's on your waivers because no one's excited about him. Yeah. Now, I got I one. Right. I, I got one here that's pretty spicy. Um, this is not going to be very popular, I don't think. But uh, I went him twice in the QB challenge, so I double-stacked him in standard and deep streaming. But I have Nick Foles this week versus the Saints. <laughs> you know, I don't hate it. And the reason is is because everybody thinks that the New Orleans Saints defense is good. It's They're bad. not. It's bad. They're not good at all. And, I mean, my concern with that is how is Allen Robinson? Yeah, I, I, I he, he looked I, – I think he could have came back in. I think he's okay. Um, he looked like he wanted to come back into the game immediately. He was mad that they pulled him out. I think it was the upstairs people who were like, no, he needs to go into percussion, concussion protocol. So they pulled him out of the game. He looks pretty unhappy about that. He's been in protocol, I think, all week. But I think he's going to come back, and I think he is going to play. Um, so, And if he doesn't, then obviously that maybe changes how I feel about Nick Foles. But I'm going Nick Foles this week. No quarterback... Uh, has scored less than 20 points against the Saints uh, in the past five games. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, 21. Justin Herbert, 30. Matthew Stafford, 24. Rogers 27. And Derek Carr, 26. Um, so Derek let's go Carr's to DSTs. Let's go to, I don't like Derek Carr. I've already said it a million times. <laughs> uh, let's go to DST streaming. Who do you got this week? Uh, Green Bay. Um Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just like it. I think they've been overperforming based on how we all thought that they would be. Um, Kirk Cousins has looked awful, um, except in garbage time. Um, I mean, Delvin Cook is is, is beat up. Alan, uh, Adam Thielen can only carry so much on his back. Justin Jefferson has looked phenomenal. But, I mean, I, I, mean, I think all in all, I think the Minnesota Vikings are kind of falling apart. And, um, you know, I, I, I think Green Bay can really get a lot of plays done to make to you know bring the score up for the dst yeah i i, I agree I, I think that there's definitely like quite a few uh, interception opportunities that that's always true when you're playing against kirk cousins um <laughs> some of the more low ownership ones that i really liked eagles eagles versus dallas now i, I always uh, maybe it's just because of champs but i always thought like eagles had like high ownership that uh, you know people are like they're not they're, they're fully aware that they're good. I, I think that you're sitting there, and I, I, I'm just going off of the fact, I haven't looked at ownership numbers, I forgot to do that this week, but they, they were just coming off a 1.5 point game and then a 4 point game, 
And then obviously they had a good game against the Giants and stuff like that. But I mean, he, they might not be owned in some leagues. I'm not sure. I had to have to go check out the ownership. But they are just a middling defense so far for the year. So, but I, I like them against Dallas. I, I think that they can easily get like six sacks. Of course, like I said, so. great matchup. Great matchup. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, okay, I'll I'll back back to, uh, Miami. Kind of kind of love yep. Miami um, for the for the fact that like I said. Uh, the Los Angeles offense has been a complete disappointment this year in almost all aspects, except for Daryl Henderson, really. Yeah. And Miami's no slouches. They have a much better defense than people think. They're actually pretty good. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you on that one. They have uh, that really uh, they have that really good uh, corner, and I can never – Byron Jones, right? He's yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they they've gone they've gotten quite a few sacks on the year. They've gotten at least one interception in the past four games. I like them a lot, and I know that Jared Goff has the propensity to throw interceptions. Um, and I think Brian Flores is a great coach, so I think that this is a really good matchup. Uh, I have Miami a ton in DFS. Anyone can go check that out in the DFS channel. I have my exposure numbers in there. Um, sure enough, they're you do. not. They're not my other pick for the week. My other pick for the week is also one of my DFS picks for the week, and that's Detroit versus uh, Indianapolis because I think Phillip Rivers has that propensity to obviously uh, turn the ball over. Um, I don't think that new player is in Detroit yet. They just traded for somebody, and I, I'm pretty sure like he has to go through a bunch of protocol and stuff. So this is not a this is like a really long shot one. I you know the Lions' defense has been pretty awful this year. I just know that Philip Rivers has the propensity to occasionally turn the ball over, and you know what are you aiming for there? Maybe just like a pick six, and you're pretty you're pretty excited about that. So. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, I and also to to bolster your Miami pick, I keep forgetting that Miami has Shaq Lawson now. Uh, Shaq Lawson oh, yeah. is a fantastic linebacker um used to be in buffalo i everybody misses that guy but uh no yeah, yeah I, I i think that's an interesting pick i don't know necessarily that i agree uh but i think it you know you're right i for the same reason that like i'm wishy-washy on philip rivers i mean i think maybe he has a little an interesting matchup right where he will need to throw the ball more probably because it has the you know has the chance of a high scoring game Every time he throws the ball, that's that's not opportunity for an interception too. So you know, I, I, I don't hate it. Um, I don't think there's. It's so hard. Like, how do you how do you look at that game and think like, well, there's all these cheap pieces on an, and between two teams that you don't really know how it's going to go. So yeah. are you going to take the chance? What kind of processes are you looking at to really like try to determine what pieces you want? And so you know, sure, if 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 that's if that's how you feel, if that's how you're looking at it, I can da- absolutely see it. I'll say this. Uh, my other spicy pick on the year was the Falcons defense, you may remember, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had their best defensive outing of the year. Yeah. Uh, so. Hey, the, the the last time they had a good game, I forget against who it was, but the last time they had a good game, I, I mean, you, you you captivated me. I, I'm, a, I'm a believer now. So. <laughs> All righty. Well, we've... Uh, We've been going on a little while here, so I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Uh, thank you, Iken, for joining me once again, and uh, I had fun. Yeah, no, I, it, it, it's, it's always interesting to kind of look back and, and say, well, what did I get right? What did I get wrong? And then what was the process behind it? And I think that that's important because as you 
want to do this again next year, you got to think like, oh, well, what were the lessons from last year? And so taking a moment to pause and really re-examine your processes and how you're thinking about these things is important because if you want to have success long term, uh, whether it's DFS or whether it's redraft, uh, these are the types of things that you need to learn. And I mean, I'm certainly still learning. I'm far from a, from an expert or any kind of source of authority on the matter. But any, I, I think anyone would say the same same thing that you're always learning a better process, right? Yeah. If you're not improving your process playing, you know, fantasy, then you're probably going to stagnate. And even beyond that, not just improving your process, but adapting, right? Adapting to the new meta, and every year there's sort of a new meta, right? And you need to adapt to that every year. Um, but thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, everybody. Uh, it's 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 been. Been an interesting year so far. Uh, I, I can't believe it's already almost halfway over. So uh, thank you again for joining us, and uh, we'll see you again next time.